We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Regina King for Cadillac Escalade. Let's say you make it to the top. What's next? Relish in the glory of your accomplishments? Okay, sure, for a minute. But then you move forward. Take the 2021 Escalade. Cadillac's newest arrival is more than just a celebration of iconic luxury. It's the most technologically advanced Escalade ever. Because arriving is just the beginning. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving. To another edition of the Ramstock Radio Podcast. This is episode three of 2016. Once again, I'm Steve Barrow, joined by Norm Hightower and Johnny Gomez. This week, we're going to cover week two of the Rams preseason. They're coming off another win against the Kansas City Chiefs, 2-0, both games at home in the Coliseum. We'll get started with the quarterbacks. We only saw Case Keenum and Jared Goff this week, but uh, Case Keenum really looked good. We'll start off with him. He was uh, 4 or 5, 53 yards and a touchdown. He also led another touchdown drive that was capped off with Todd Gurley. Um, do we think that he's going to be the starter week one still? Yeah, I, I definitely would say so. Case Keenum did another Keenum-esque performance. Pretty much going to give you the same performance every week. Definitely somebody that's not going to take a lot of risks. And, you know, he continued. You know? I mean, it's hard to take away a job from somebody if they're not, you know, easily giving it away so um i i don't think that golf really did i mean he did pretty well a lot better than the previous week but uh i just think that keenum did a better job so yeah i still think he's gonna be the starter i think there's no doubt he's gonna be the starter he looks smooth his completion percentage was good as usual because he's not throwing it down the field very much although he did throw he did try to throw a long one to brian quick 
and that's where I think Jared Goff will make a difference. He, he did try a long one down the field to Kenny Britt, and Britt did try to go back and make the play and got the pass interference call because Keenum couldn't throw the ball that far down the field. I think that's where Goff will come in and actually make that throw. Kenny Britt had the had the defender beat, and that would have been a touchdown all the way, but just Keenum doesn't have the arm to do it. So I think until Goff can run the offense as smoothly as Keenum has been doing, you're going to keep seeing Case Keenum week after week. By the way, one side note, he actually had to wave his arms to quiet the crowd down while he was on a drive. When is the last time you saw that <laughs> on the Rams' offense? Oh, God. It yeah, was the greatest, greatest show of turf days is the last oh. time you saw that. Well, I definitely agree with your thoughts on Keenum. We obviously saw a lot of his limitations that we've known about. He's way more of a game manager than somebody who's going to be able to air it deep down the field. And the way the offense runs around him, it doesn't really matter. But with Goff, that's going to be an advantage that they'll have is his arm strength. What are you guys' overall thoughts on how Jared Goff played? He was 8-12, 82 yards, and his first touchdown of the preseason. Took two sacks, and he had a fumble that was lost. Two fumbles overall, he kept one. What do you guys think of how Jared Goff played? I think Goff looked better as the game went on, as he got more and more used to it and started to get a rhythm. Uh, it was obvious in the beginning he was still walking on the field with, with the jitters because, you know, he just – He's not comfortable with it yet, but as as the game progressed, he got much more comfortable, started making some throws. You can see him more comfortable in the pocket, and I think that's a good sign. I think, you know, two, three, four, five more games, he might be where he needs to be, but I don't think he's where Keenum is yet, so Keenum's going to continue to run the offense until Goff can come in and operate like he did late in the game. Jared Goff, he, he did pretty well later on in the game, as Nolan said did a pretty solid job taking the ball down the field, you know, once he established a rhythm. Um, but there was definitely some things that he needs to adjust and some things he can't do in the regular season. One of the biggest things that I've seen was he, he just can't seem to get rid of the football. Held onto the ball for far too long, and, you know, taking those shots like that is going to get you hurt. And there's a reason why last week he – had a you know hurt shoulder, albeit it was kind of minor, but that's something to consider. You know, this is gonna be your franchise quarterback. He needs to be able to protect himself, and that means throwing the ball away or you know trying taking a risk. He can't look for the perfect pass every single time. Yeah, and a lot of those are gonna be rookie mistakes that hopefully, as time goes on, will get better. I think a lot for Goff is. He was in a completely different offense, a completely different system. And the game, even though he was in a fast-paced offense in college, just such a faster game in the NFL. It's a shame that we didn't get to see Mannion play. He deserved the playing time after his performance in week one. But, you know, the coaches were in a tough position to where they needed to to see Goff play more. And, uh, you know, his his, his game got cut short in week one because of that shoulder injury and time of possession was so lopsided in the game with Kansas city's offense, having the ball a lot more, it, they didn't get much of a chance to really let golf go out there and do a lot. So they had to keep him in the game uh, in order to do that. And unfortunately it kind of robbed Mannion of some playing time. Uh, he definitely deserves more playing time and I'd like to see him play a lot more in week three. 
Yeah, definitely hoping for some more playing time for Mannion. If we can get him, you know, some more playing time in, in Denver, it would be ideal. But at this point, the coaches have to start making a decision, you know, who's going to be the starter, who who needs to get NFL ready. And at this point, I think it may be too late for Mannion to be considered for the starter, which is a little bit disappointing because I felt like he, he deserved at least a chance to throw his name in, in the starting rotation. But uh, I, I don't know if that's going to happen at this point. It's unfortunate for Mannion because we were talking about it last week that if he could really prove himself in the preseason and if Goff also proved himself, there might not be a need for Case Keenum and maybe they could actually fetch a couple mid-round picks for him. But with him not playing in this game, I think it's hard to see that happening. As far as the running game is concerned, Todd Gurley, nothing new. Four rushes, 20 yards, and a touchdown in his preseason debut. Malcolm Brown, once again, the story. 12 carries for 68 yards. Do we think that he's a lock for the team? For sure. Uh, I agree. We got Brown, we got Cunningham, we got Gurley. Who do you guys think is going to be the fourth coming out of camp? Green. Yeah, no doubt about it, Aaron Green. Yeah. And and I don't know that Green will see a lot of playing time. You know, Malcolm Brown's definitely earned the spot. He runs with a really low pad level and he runs people over. He's not afraid to go through a pile and he's been working really hard and proving himself every week. And, and I have to say, I, even though it's preseason, Benny Cunningham looks really good this year. So, you know, we've got three really good backs to go in there and, 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 you know, control the field for us, which may give Goff an opportunity a lot earlier because, you know, if we got a run game going, that'll help him develop faster because he won't have to worry so much about having all the pressure on him. Cunningham's great behind Gurley. He's just such a reliable backup running back. You know, I don't know how he would fare as the top guy in offense, but I love him as a backup. You can't really do much better than that. Something that the Rams could do much better in is the receiving core. No one really looked impressive this week. Kenny Britt and Brian Quick each had 27 yards. I guess the big story out of here is Brian Quick, two catches out of his five targets, really looking like Brian Quick. Do we think he's going to be on the roster this year? Uh, I kind of said this earlier. I I definitely don't think so. And definitely this past preseason game was a great indicator of why. Quick has the potential, and even those two receptions, it's like, wow, this, this guy actually caught the football. Um, but you know, if, if you didn't see his drop passes, you would think, wow, those were some excellent caught passes, but it's hard to overlook the drop passes and coming off of last year where there was just way too many drop passes. I just don't think Brian quick has, has a spot on this roster, especially when you have younger, hungrier guys trying to come up and make a name for themselves. I was trying to defend him last week and, and give him the benefit of the doubt, but I'm jumping on the Johnny train this week. I think Quick's time as a Ram is close to being over, or he's going to be at the very bottom of the of the chart. Uh, when you look at the performance of my favorite receiver right now, Nelson Spruce, even though he didn't get to play last week, but you look at his week one performance and knowing his history, I, I have a lot more confidence with him on the field than I do with Brian Quick. And that's a shame because Brian Quick, you know, we spent a high pick on him and, um, you know, we, we ended up getting Spruce as an undrafted free agent. So that's one of those situations where you just never know what's going to happen. But I think Spruce, 
Spruce is going to make the team even more now after all the all the drops that that Brian Quick had. So I, I don't know. I don't think he'll be on the team anymore. I like the Johnny train. That that's a solid train there. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely agree that Brian Quick. I'm no longer any type of believer that he might have a breakout year. But I'm still going to say he's going to make the team because you got Britt, you got Austin, and you got Cooper who are locks, I'd say. I am I like Nelson Spruce week one, but if he isn't healthy enough to play in another preseason game, I think they would take Quick over him just because they, they know what Quick can do. I guess Spruce, and I think he has a little bit more upside, but it's tough to say that a guy with one game of experience is going to make the team over a f- – four or five year veteran like quick. I, I disagree in the sense that I've had a lot of time to look at Spruce. Spruce came out and did what everybody knew he could do, or at least I what I knew he could do in week one. And they don't want to take a chance of putting him on the on the practice squad or 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 cutting him or waving him because another team's gonna pick him up and it'd be a shame to let him go. And I think I think that's the way they're going to look at it. They would rather keep him than somebody who's been there for a long time, but still hasn't proven themselves. So I think, I think Spruce makes the team over quick. There's a good chance they may both make it on the team, but I think if it comes down to those two, I think Spruce gets the job. I do think there's a chance they both make it too, because nobody else has really stood out in the receiving core. Duke Williams, no targets this game. Nobody else had more than two targets. So, I mean, I guess there's also the – nobody really got an opportunity to prove themselves this week. But if I was a betting man, I they would probably be my two guys to take the team. If somebody else breaks out and Spruce can't play, I don't, I don't know. There's definitely a shot that Brian Quick gets cut. There's no doubt about that. Anything else to stick out to you guys in the receiving core this week? Not really. I mean, Farrell Cooper had a, had a reception and a touchdown. Which I mean that that's definitely something you'd like to see in a rookie, especially in a speedster like Cooper. So that that was definitely nice to see. Yeah, it's awesome for Cooper. We've all agreed he's been a lot to make the team, and it's nice to see someone like that get a touchdown and get their confidence up, and get some real experience in the game with Case Keenum giving him the ball. And Bradley Marquez's chance of making the team just got worse too by him getting injured. And yeah, I didn't, I didn't think he was going to make it anyways, but now it's going to be a lot tougher for him. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, defensively this week, kind of more the same in the secondary. Two quarterbacks threw for 130 yards. Aaron Murray threw for nearly 60. I mean, in preseason, that's not great. I'd say the highlight in the secondary was EJ Games came back, looked pretty good, had four tackles. What are you guys' thoughts on the defense this week? We're still not looking at our defense. I mean, we don't have the defensive starters in on the line. There's a few of them, and they were doing some rotations. I, th- I think you still have some work to do in the linebacking core. Boy, it's, it's it's really tough to say. I mean, I don't know how much they're really showing and how much they're really not showing defensively. I didn't see a lot of blitzes. I didn't see a lot of stunts. It was, it was pretty much vanilla. Alec Ogletree being new in the middle, if you watch – the, the third episode of Hard Knocks, which I just got through watching, you can see that he's really upset and really not happy with the way the team's performing in the Kansas City game. I, I just, I don't, it's hard to tell right now because we just haven't seen enough. Um, what we have seen hasn't looked good. And, and 
if that's the way that it's going to continue to look, then I'm extremely worried about the season. But, you know, you didn't have Robert Quinn on the field. Um, you didn't have our starting line on the field for the most part. You got guys out there trying to make the team. And it, it's just going to be really tough to say. But at this point, I'm not impressed. Just to add to that, I mean, it, it's really hard to appreciate a defense that's surrendering about 308 total passing yards uh, against Alex Smith, Nick Bowles, and Aaron Murray. Definitely not something you want to see as a team. And and that was that was the reason why the offense really couldn't show their stuff because there was just so much time of possession uh, with the Kansas City Chiefs. They just kept driving. It was a shame. I mean, on on one hand, um, rushing the rushing defense was okay. I didn't surrender a whole lot, um, but the passing defense just was nowhere to be found. You did bring up BJ Gaines um, had some moments. He also looked a little lost from time to time. I don't know if it's just, you know, getting back into the swing of things, but, um, you know, there are times he looked like his old self and times he looked lost. True Johnson even didn't really look that spectacular either. I felt like he was giving way too much space. But ultimately, I will say there are a few more things um, to really say that there, you know, are a few more positives. I did like what I saw in Quinton Copels, he got in the backfield, he got a sack. Ethan Westbrooks, I feel like, has done has had a pretty darn good preseason. So ultimately, you just got to take the good with the bad because um, I didn't see a whole lot of blitzes. I didn't see a whole lot of really much of anything. But I, I think the next two preseason games should be able to tell us a little bit better. Yeah, I agree with Norm that you know it's tough to judge the team because. We didn't have the full roster. Obviously, getting Robert Quinn back is going to be a gigantic boost. Having Aaron Donald out there for every series is going to be a big help. But there's definitely still, like both of you guys were saying, flaws in this defense. I think EJ Gaines is going to be fine, but it's four weeks. I don't think it's going to be enough time to shake off two years of rust. And he's going to be easing back into things, I think, the first couple weeks, too. There really still is concerns in the secondary because – the guys out there are probably going to be the guys that are starting the season. Linebacker, I agree, Ogletree just needs time to adjust. I think that group will be fine in general. But it's, I think like last year, there's going to be a lot of highs and there's going to be a lot of lows watching this defense play, and it could be frustrating at times. The most frustrating part about watching the defense in this particular week was Nick Foles, 18 for 22, 133 yards. I mean, it was his former team. He had a chip on his shoulder, and he knows them better than anyone else, but it's kind of depressing seeing him finally having a good game after last season when he's off our team. We'll see how he does in the regular season if he has to play before I'll make any judgments on that. But you're right. The, you know, He knows this defense uh, better than anybody. He certainly knew how to hard count and, and flail his hands and do whatever movements he could possibly do to get the D-line to jump off sides, which is no excuse for our D-line, but you know, he knew he knew how to how to push their buttons, so to speak. So it was frustrating to see him out there. I was really hoping that we'd see a good sack or two on him. That didn't really happen. But I mean, there's not much to say about Nick Foles. I I, I don't see him being a big star in the league. At, you know, with Kansas City. So yeah, we we can pretty much expect Foles to be clearing the clipboard all all year long. No, nothing much more to him unless Alex Smith goes down. 
you know, a lot of people were talking about how Nick Foles is gonna was already the number two. Well, Aaron Murray is not that great of a quarterback. So for him to be the number two quarterback, it, it's nothing that spectacular. Uh, it, it's definitely an upgrade for KC for sure. But it just says a lot more that, you know, the Rams uh, three quarterbacks, you know, are a pretty solid bunch. So we'll, we'll see if, if, you know, Foles will even get to play this year. So irrelevant in my opinion. Who drafted Nick Foles? The Philadelphia Eagles. Uh-huh. Who was the coach? Oh, uh, uh, but he, he had his big season under Chip Kelly, right? Yeah, he did. But he he was drafted by Andy Reid. So he knows Andy Reid's system. And Andy, Andy Reid knows him as a player. So that's why he's number two. After watching Nick Foles last season, I my opinion really changed on Chip Kelly because how that man made him a 28-2 and two quarterback is beyond me. <laughs> Seriously. Well, we'll see what the 49ers do this year, and then you can – kind of judge it from there yeah fair enough um so me and johnny are only caught up on the first two weeks of hard knocks episode three aired tonight we didn't get a chance to watch it norm did however last week's i think the highlight for all of us had to be willie hayes's mermaid speech (laughs) that uh, he does not believe in dinosaurs and of course it was cool to finally see the rams back in action with a nice sideline look really see what it's like in the games back in L.A. The atmosphere seemed crazy. I know Johnny was there. It was cool to see that. To kind of add to the whole mermaid and dinosaur debate, the kind of humorous thing about that is if Willie Hayes, if he wants to go over to uh, um, just next door to the Coliseum is the uh, California um, Museum of Natural History. Uh, There there are uh, bones and fossils there. So if he really wants to see proof, it's there. As far as anything else is concerned, seeing how the whole team reacted to the welcome to Los Angeles, um, I think it was definitely some, uh, a sight to see. And I'm, I'm glad Hard Knocks did a really good job in covering that. It, it, it was exactly how I pictured it personally from the stands. Um, so the fact that they were able to capture that, um, I think that was re- something really special. Again, I, I was impressed with uh, watching the coaches, and uh, I've learned a lot about you know the coaches on the team with Fisher and Waffle and and Williams. There, there's a lot there that you know you can't really see when you're watching them from the sidelines in a game or even or even in a practice. You can't really see it, but when they get in these in these team meetings and start doing these epic rants, you know, it just makes me remember how much I love football. I'm I'm a huge fan of Waffle. When you watch episode three, when he's on the sideline and Ethan Westbrooks gets high, low hit and gets hurt and Fisher walks out on the field. I think it was either 71 or 75 that, that hit uh, Westbrook high and Waffle and it just goes off on this guy from the sideline, starts screaming at him. He's got this look that, you know, just looks like he wants to go out there and rip his head off. And Fisher just gives him a glare from while he's standing out on the field. And and then Williams goes off on the defense. And and I don't want to spoil it for you guys, but, he, you know, he was pretty funny in what he was saying. And, and, and it was just, as a former player, I just look at it and go, man, this is awesome. And then Waffle goes off on Westbrook in the meeting all these coaches things are 
what a lot of people don't see. And I think that's what that and, and getting to know the players more personally is what makes hard knocks so good. I've, I've loved it so far. I, I'm, I'm a huge fan and I'll keep watching it. I also love Brian quick and Kenny Britt flipping a golf cart. Oh, that that's, that's just classic. Of right course there. it was Brian quick. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> he's a, he's an expert at crashing at golf carts, but not so much at catching. Yeah, well, Britt Brit was the one that was driving. Fisher actually shows it in a team meeting in this week's episode over and over and over again. <laughs> oh, God. We'll be back next week with thoughts on Game 3. The Rams travel to Denver to take on the Broncos. And we'll touch into Episode 3 of Hard Knocks, past Episode 4, and see what the position battles are going to shake out after three weeks of preseason. See you guys then. type of drama where else does history hang from the rafters Jalen Brown throws it down. where else is your own city home to your biggest rivals the battle of the lake is real people and 30 feet is still in range Hurry, action. where else can a city this loud be this slept on where else is history still in the making oh my goodness. where else the NBA only here season begins December 22nd on ABC ESPN TNT and NBA TV You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand the chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. For the ones who know that a little late is always too late, and that the clock doesn't stop just because you're missing a part, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, and our Keep Stock Inventory Management solutions help ensure you have the right stuff in the right place at exactly the right time. Visit Granger.com/keepstock to learn more. Granger for the ones who get it done. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.